your 2023 Legacy Champion. Okay. Next on Eternal Turtles. Shout out to all of our Patreon supporters out there. Thank you to the Dirtle Maniacs. If you want to be a Dirtle Maniac, go to patreon.com slash eternal dirtles and help support the channel. It keeps things going. It keeps things updated. Thanks so much for watching. On with the show. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark. And with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil. Zach. How's it going, man? Zach, in April 2017, Sensei's Divining (laughs) Top was banned. And Miracles... (laughs) was left by the wayside, and belief was gone. But today on the episode, The Triumph of TK, Miracles is back at number one, baby. TK, welcome to the cast. Hey, y'all, how's it going? Yeah, man, uh, a pleasure to have you. And uh, yeah, the prophecy is revealed. Miracles is back. Uh, TK, congratulations and well done on your run on, uh, I guess, last weekend now. It's been five days. Oh, God. <laughs> full five days. We got you in. We got you in before the full week was up. Oh, man. It's been a wild. It's been a wild adventure. I'll tell you this much. Time doesn't matter. Like everything, disbelief. It's been a wild adventure. Uh, I can't. I, I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> you had. Well, you had a hell of a run at, at Eternal Weekend. Obviously. I mean, you won the thing. Um, but I think the first thing people want to know is how did you, how did you land on this deck? So as most people know me, I don't play blue decks often. I play Maverick. I play fair green creatures and white creatures and trying to beat you down that way. But I always love four color builds because my EDH heart, which is Idris, by the way, uh, (laughs) I love playing four color but I just never really found like the deck for me until I found Matthew Vook's uh, finals on a legacy challenge uh, that ran, that was four color, no red, and which I said, we're going, we're, 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 we're taking this deck and we're going with it. So I want to say like a month and a half later, after rigorous testing and my friends going to Prague and getting feedback from that, this is kind of where the list that we decided to go. Awesome. Did you know? Well, I know. Go ahead. Go on, Phil. I was about to. I just about to pass it to you. And I just want to know, as 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 your fellow miracle brethren here, uh, <laughs> did did you know going in that? I mean, I get that. Like Triumph had uh, Triumph of Saint Catherine had the you know all of the bluster on it going in uh, into the finals and like how good it looked in the finals because like it just knocks Delver to the ground. But like, was in your testing and then throughout the tournament was triumph like the thing that converted most of your wins or was it the beanstalk and the merc tides and everything else that we've come to expect at this point? I would say it's more, I I would say most of my wins, if I had to quantify it, 70% Catherine, Mm. 20% beans with Catherine. And then the others is just like random bowmaster merc tides, whatever. Um, being able to cast Catherine for two mana and start beating people down with it, it's just a huge game change in the control mid-range philosophy, um, which that's kind of why on my deck list, I said mid-range and not control because it's acts like it's a mid-range deck, though it looks like a control on, um, when you lay it all out. 
And there's a there's a bias there as a Maverick player to just say mid range to. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh, and I, I do not want to give y'all that satisfaction. Saying control. <laughs> Can miracles so be classified as anything else? Yeah. <laughs> my friends joked. My friends joked me. Congratulations, you you became what you hated all along. Live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Am I right? But, Basically. but really, really, you're forging the frontier because nobody has been able to like test with Triumph online. This is still like you, you, your your win was the catalyst for everybody being like Daybreak, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how does it feel to have have a uh, impact on MTG Finance? Uh... <laughs> true, true. You move the market, TK. I fi- I am finally I am finally after all these years of playing this game have, have influence in the game. <laughs> I have affected MGC stocks. I have affected professional players playing the deck. Actually, on Twitter, uh, Maguchi just tweeted out that he's running my list tonight, nice. which I'm just like, ah. So this is now reality. <laughs> It starts out surreal, but you're going to get used to it real fast, I think. Oh, this is, here we are. <laughs> yeah. TK, you, this this begs the question. Did you have, I get that this this is the, you know, the biggest uh, tournament win of your Magic career, yeah? Yeah. What what was, is have you had an experience like this at, like, even close to what it must, what, what it feels like to, like, become the legacy champion of North America? Nope, not at all. This I had a lot of top sixteens, a lot of I've you know, I IQs and like the smaller store level. I've you know got finalists and maybe I squeaked out a first place here and there, but that was on like the store level, you know. That's but not on the national level, which here we are, and uh, it is life changing. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Say. Yeah, but the, uh, you got that. You got that lightning bolt ready to go. Oh yeah, no. My friend actually, I just dropped it off to my friend uh, who's a framer, so that's nice. all gonna get art like protected and do all the rigmaroles because uh, that I will never let go. <laughs> like, yeah, that's no, that's a wonderful trophy. <laughs> so let's let's uh, go into your your tournament a bit. Um, so uh, you know, you you uh, showed up, and I think the first match you played against was uh reanimator which uh tell me tell me a little bit about how you feel about that match going uh going into the tournament i don't want them turn one in gristlebrand that, that's basically how this goes <laughs> if i survive turn one gristlebrand i have a shot if they have turn one gristlebrand i do not have a shot that's kind of how this goes so game one they go for it and uh, i'm just you know Go to game two. <laughs> yep. Game two, similar way. Uh, they grieved me. They stripped my hand apart. Uh, I messed up that um, they, they, I, I took out some swords, but I got there. So in game three, I boarded them back in. And it actually mattered. And that that side, in my sideboard, I did a last minute change. So I used to run on Licensehurst, which is a two mana tap. XL up to two cards from a single person's library. And Matthew Vook, who was the one that made the deck really popular, reached uh saw me in fact and we talked and they said try spell bomb, the heal spell bomb instead. And so I did, and I found it and I casted it and I won the game. <laughs> yeah. There you go. 
an, an auspicious beginning to to a uh, to a wild tournament for you. Oh, it's oh I I yeah it's been that round one was going to be like okay this is not going to be easy here we go <laughs> yeah uh th- so round two you you run up against Demir Deathshadow mm-hmm. and uh, so, uh, how do you uh, again like I I like to get I like to get in the mind frame here how did you feel about this matchup walking into into the tournament I had some playtests against a lot of blue decks and thankfully my LGS my friends um we kind of ran through like a series of decks that uh we would expect to see so like initiative painter shadow delver a cast storm you know like the big the top 10 let's let's say so shadow was one of those matchups where as long as i have a swords i'm pretty favored and it happened because my opponent thought i was on bug uh control because i never revealed white at all and up until i found the fetch land and I just cast swords on the Merc Tide, and it's one sided terminus, as they as, oh as the tale is all this time. <laughs> yeah, it has Clear, to be so good. Put them back up to 14, kill their dash shadows, and it's, it's not. I'm out. just saying, I'm just I saying, have, I have been we're on already that. talking, we're already relating everything to miracle terminology here. Like, we have, <laughs> you have crossed the Rubicon, my guy. Welcome. Yeah. I've been on the receiving end of uh, losing, uh, losing two dash shadows to a. Uh, to a Swords of Plowshares, so I, I know how, how just baller it is to uh, just Swords of Plowshares, one of them, but to hit a Murktide and get the uh, a Death Shadow off of it, uh, that's, that's that's Chef's Kiss from the other player's perspective. It's disgusting. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> through, and so that's basically how that worked in round two. <laughs> through the first two rounds, you went up against uh, very clearly Thoughtseize heavy, you know, strip your hand apart shells. Does it feel like the build that you played is well lined up against cards that attack your hand? Yeah, it's one of those things where all of my threats have some, I mean, not recursion, but you have to get rid of them multiple times to kind of really lock me out the game. Uh, Catherine, for example, when she dies, shuffle her, shuffle it, and the other six top cards of your library back on top. So eventually, I will see Catherine again. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Thoughtseize decks aren't. I would say it depends which which uh, Thoughtseize deck it is. If it's spell based, like Storm, that's kind of difficult to beat because most in mid range uh, food cycle, as you say, we kind of get preyed on combo. <laughs> Um, and, and you're not getting the, you know, they're not giving you the time to gain that value back from your beanstalk, you know? Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. And most times when uh, they go turn one botsies, turn two the rest, or turn things like that, my beans are not as high impact. So, which is why I kind of trim some in those games, because I need to have a hate bear, or in this case, a three mana, th- uh, three mana bear, either um, <laughs> opposition agent or Leobold. And just keep as much Force of Will and Veil back up as possible because I just have to survive the early onslaught of just being run over by just so much discard. Mm-hmm. So uh, next you're you're up against uh, Teamer Delver. I'm assuming this was just Blue Red Delver with Questing Beasts, Questing Druids, I should say. This one actually ran Beans. Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. this is the old school Red Delver with... Uh, what's the... I can't remember the green... Monkey. Um, Hooting mandrills. There you go. Hooting mandrills. 
that's my that's that's my invitational card right there. Okay, all right. <laughs> so game one and the very so game one it really came down to who had more beans. I did. Uh, game two, uh, I lost to you know very early Darcy, uh, Delver, Questing True. It kind of like getting Delvered out. And then game three, it came down to me having more, not having more beans because my opponent had four beans and I only had two. But my bindings found me better cards faster than their cards drawing them. So yeah, that's how that worked. <laughs> I'm just noticing something looking looking at your record here. Uh, you have two rounds where you played two games. The, those were wins for you. But uh, you played three games in every other round that you played. Now, I don't know about the finals because it doesn't say in the finals. Did you play three games in the finals? We played two. You played two. Okay. So at, that that has to be – like that. there's a level of attrition there just uh, – making you think that much more during during the day did mm-hmm. you uh did you notice that with the deck as you were playing or did you just think whatever i'm just making it to the next round if i'd have to you know if if i have to leverage my sideboard to get these wins i'll do it uh that's the see this is where the trick came in today um throughout the tournament we wrote a sideboard guide to alleviate brain power <laughs> Smart. Uh, I did as well. Yeah, it's it's it, you have to. Yeah, and, these big events. And the other thing I I started to do after round two was immediately when I got up for my match, I went outside to get air for like five to ten minutes because when you're in convention hall all day, all day for twelve hours, you're breathing the same air. It's, it's recirculating, but it's not that fresh, you know, river air, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and that really helped me kind of just keep my mind sane for nine rounds all day <laughs> and we had the the uh battle the the battle cry of the uh cheerleading convention uh happening next door as well which you know constant noise there <laughs> it's never a magic event without a cheerleading competition it's so weird how does that always happen i i can think of at least four off the top of my head that you're you're at a magic event and then there's like a cheerleading competition next door. It's like they schedule them together or something. They must get a discount. There's like a tack on. So I, I just want to point out I'm looking at the team or Delver list and uh, something. So in this list, I don't see any hooting mandrels, but they do have a Thurial Forger. Uh, oh, that's that what was it was. The, which is the, but okay. but I remember I was actually there was one point where I, where I forget exactly when, but I was talking to Anurag. I think it was at Magic, the last Magic Con we went to, Zach. I was talking to Anurag, and I was saying, hey, man, we need to, like, figure out this Beans deck with Hooting Mandrels and Ethereal Forger, not because the deck is necessarily good, but if you have Hooting Mandrels and Ethereal Forger in the same deck, you can call the deck Hootie and the Blowfish, and that's worth it. That's 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 <laughs> worth it enough. Oh, man, what a missed opportunity. Phil, you know what oh, you have man. to do. <laughs> You shouldn't even call it Hootie and the Blowfish. You should just call it I Only Want to Be With You and Make People Ask. <laughs> You're like, I don't understand why this deck is called this. And then someone explains it and they're like, I hate that you explained this to me. I wish you'd never, I wish you, I wish I never knew. I would be rather be just ignorant. <laughs> we, 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 we have uh, right, to know. So and ne- now this is, we, we know the, what the future is. We know where we're going now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so next is Naya, Naya Depths. Uh, t- tell me how you felt about this one going in. Oh, this one was very interesting. So typically with Depths matchups, it's, as from the Mavericks perspective, you generally just want to just 
overwhelm your opponent's force of wills because more times than not your cropper like you're not really going for the 2020 kills you're going for well at the time now it's fourth aerolingus kills but you just generally want to uh grind up with knights and reclaimers and being able to just mm, see a window when you can't make the 2020 um or if you just have safe you just green sense for safekeeper then just make the 2020 yeah can't do anything (laughs) um but from my side the blue side it was more of i need to draw better than their i need to find my threats faster than they can find their crop rotations because i need to snipe catherine to start gaining life because if they start making 2020 i need to be above 20. was there ever a situation in the match where that happened uh, I don't think so, but I will tell you, though, how I won game three. So, my opponent has a safekeeper and a bunch of plans. They're not doing anything. And I have two beans and bindings for days. So, at some point, I said, I'm just, oh, and there's an opposition agent. That's important, too. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of important for this one. So, okay. I, so I binding trigger beans to start drawing two cards. Knowing that I, knowing that the only target I have is a safekeeper, they're going to use it to give it shroud. I'm just turning my deck over because I'm just casting these bindings and drawing two cards. So it's kind of like um, uh, I forgot what the blue card is. It's two mana draw two. I think it's miscalculation. I I don't remember. But at some point, all four beans were out. <laughs> so all four bindings were out. So so oh so sp- speaking as your your fellow miracle bro, I believe the card you're thinking of is predict. And let me tell you, it is. It is a lovely. It is a lovely drug. It's a lovely drug, and I invite you to try it. <laughs> oh, I am becoming what I hate. <laughs> so wait. So wait, what? So ultimately, what? So you 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 just you flipped over all of your beans, and then they just they they, then, they sacked all their lands. Like they were just too low. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they they opted to just keep protecting safekeeper, and I when. They, yeah, because the thing was, they could not remove opposition agent at all. Op stayed on the battlefield, and they revealed their hand of two green ten zeniths, a crop rotation. It's like, it was pretty much lights out. That must have felt good. Yeah, that would felt real yeah. good. And it's staying in the sideboard forever. <laughs> so then we go up, not not the same deck, but a very similar style of deck is land. So you play lands next. This is one of those matchups where I wish I'd never get paired ever again. Because it's a matchup where it's really rough from my side of the field. Yeah, um, I mean, Wasteland is is uh, tough for you to begin with, but if they could recur it or whatnot, or just call them up constantly. I, it's it's Maze of If. Yeah. I Ooh. can't beat Maze of If. If they have an early Maze of If, I really need to start. I, I don't really have much ways to kind of swarm the field fast enough. So if they get to, you know, make multiple maze of ifs, I can't win the game. Uh, so that game one, I stole, I made her, I was able to reveal an early Catherine Miracle and just t- pressuring it down and just force the will all crop rotations because I would just lose on the spot if I, if they get maze of ifs. So I was able to win game one. Game two, I messed up and that I should have just played my basics out early because they had a recur, they had a life of the loom engine going, oh. so I just the game went out too long and I lost my resources. So 
that's what happened. Game three was more back and forth. They didn't have an early box diamond or early expiration. They kind of just slowed, like they just played a land every turn, Urza Sagas. But what was a game-defining moment was, we're in turns, it's my turn, and it's turn five. I have a Merktide, that's a 7-7, seven, seven, and a token, a Bowmaster token. And my opponent is at eight life. They have a Construct token. I draw Dress Down, I cast Dress Down, and I attack through. <laughs> uh, dress Down, <laughs> Phil! We'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. We, 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 look... You, if if your opponent has the Urza Saga construct, they're not the good guy. You can't be the good guy with Urza. If you're playing Urza Saga, you can't. You just can't be the good guy. Like Zach, I'm sorry, no. bud. I know you play a lot of Urza Saga. I'm not the good guy. <laughs> like, look, we know this. Look, I'm the I am the Razor Ramon of this podcast. <laughs> Let's be for real. I literally I'm dressed like I, like right now. I'm dressed like I'm Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Dude, Man. I, I, like, I, but as I like a Pac Man arcade system. <laughs> when everybody kept asking, people would come up to me at EW and be like, "Why does Zach have a toothpick in his mouth?" And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> "He's the bad guy." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, you know at Rutgers there's an actual building called Scott Hall, and I was the only one who like would walk by laughing like like a madman all the time. And I don't think anybody else knew, knew what, what I was on about. Um, so next is Doomsday. So let's talk about Doomsday because I feel like this is a, this is a matchup that's super tough for your deck because while you do have, you do have a swath of permission, you're not out there trying to stop combo decks. You're, you're more about the fa the fair matchups. Yeah. I going into this tournament. I said to myself, if I face Doomsday or Storm, I, I'm okay. Let's take it's five percent of the field. If you face it, you face it. We've done our best with it. Call it a day. So mm -hmm. game one, I so game one, I won uh, because the Doomsday Pilot um, did. Uh, they didn't have a Force of Will to back to counter my Force of Will. Uh, so that oh no, actually, sorry, I won game one because I dressed down when they cast. Um, Thassa's Oracle. That's what happened. That's beautiful. That's, that's, that's that, I mean, that's the best. That's the best possible scenario. Yeah, for this you. this this yeah. singleton dress down coming up big. Yeah. We love it. We love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and then game two, I was able to resolve a. I was able to fluster the first Doomsday that they that they did, and some turns later, I found Catherine Miracle Catherine, and then they Doomsdayed again. And then Thought sees themselves down to five, not realizing that Catherine can attack next turn. So that's what oh, happened. That'll do it. The, the, so we take those W's. We, we, we take the W's and we run. Take yeah. the W's, we yeah. run. The real miracle is them not realizing that miracles can attack now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I got a couple of, uh, couple of uh, you know, wins that I, I would say I did not deserve on the day uh, myself, where I, like an opponent... Swords, one of my guys, put me to 21 and then, like, did not attack with his Elvish Reclaimer when he made a, uh, a Merit Lage. And I was like, okay, I'll untap and attack and uh, poison you. I would that. like to reframe, Zach. <laughs> you know, I, I'll take I that. think the most deserving wins are the ones where your opponent puts themselves to lethal. We that's that's the yes yeah you deserve yes. those more than any other win. I don't. Yes. I, I think I think you're actually correct here. When your <laughs> when your opponent like literally just says 
please, I'm offering myself up on a silver platter. You know, puts the apple in their mouth and the little the little white <laughs> things I, on their feet ropes. and just like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. So Phil. one of one of my favorite stories of any time an opponent kills themselves accidentally or you know inadvertently, is one one of my close friends named Sam Rukas. He's also a miracles bro or used to be, and he was traveling with me on this event. And it's a story that we bring up every time. And he was playing against Reanimator a long time ago, and this is back when uh, they were still playing Chancellor of the Annex and whatnot. And his opponent it has all of the resources that they could ever want. It's easily their game to win. And they are a relatively low life total after reanimating a couple times. They reanimate, target their chancellor. Sam's like, it resolves. I have you at negative four. And the, his opponent is like, that is correct. And scoops up their cards. We love those wins. Oh, no. We love them. We take them. We love them. All right. Uh, so now we're on to, this is, uh, you know, spoiler alert. This is your first match loss of the day is Cephalid Breakfast. Um, how did you feel walking into the tournament with this? And then what happened? Well, here's the thing. I didn't know my predator was on Cephalid Breakfast because I got deck checked. <laughs> this is what, this is what happened. So I present, judge calls me over, ju judge collects our decks. We weigh, we talk, then I get pulled aside and they're doing like a couple of questions and asking me how I built the deck and I'm just like answering them. Uh, by the way, I'm a level two, retired level two judge. So, you know, I'm just making, like I'm myself, it's just listening to like, why are they asking these questions? And then they asked the question of how many islands are you registering today? And I just said one. And then it's like, your list runs two. I'm like, two? And then I realized like, oh, right. So the night before, I decided we could run three underground seas. <laughs> because at some point in testing, I had two islands because I wanted to really beat Blood Moon. Forgot to change the list. Oh, Submitted as is. <laughs> oh, so, so your list had two underground sea, two island written down. But you, yeah, you were playing yeah, the third on yeah. IC, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's... That's how we got that game loss. <laughs> right on. Well, I mean, if you're going to lose one, I mean, you might as well lose one to yourself, right? Yeah. So, and what was really funny was that in game two, they'd go to, oh, they went through the combo and, you know, milled themselves out, but they stopped when they had two cards in their library. And I was like, why do you only have two cards? Like, why didn't you go with it? And then I realized, oh, you have Dread Return in your hand. Oh, I can still win. Sword's your thing. Mill. Pass turn. <laughs> Nice. Well, then, you know, you got to take what you get right there, you know? Yeah. And in game three, they they just had one, two punch. I just can't. I just, I lost. Well, I mean, obviously you won every other round the next, for the tournament. So you didn't let that, that, uh, that screw up get in your head, which is, which is really smart. No, no. And like, you know, I was figuring that if I lose, I lose. It's okay. I'm having, I kept saying this motto to myself. Winning is secondary. Having fun is mandatory. And it just yeah. kept kept saying that throughout the whole day. <laughs> and it seems to have worked out. <laughs> All right. So now we've got, is it tempo? Why, why is this deck not called, is it Delver? Is it a Delver deck? I don't know. Um, Let's find out. I'm, I'm about to find out right now. It is. It is not a Delver deck. Oh, it, well, actually, we'll explain why when they predicted. Oh, no, wait, they, they do have Delver. I'm yeah, sorry. I was like, this is a four Dragon Rage channel or four Delver of Secrets deck. It's very much yeah. Delver, yeah. It's a Delver deck. I don't know why they'd say, is it Delver? Anyhow, uh, now, so how'd this match go for you? Oh, just, 
the my friend Paul Lynch, who is a big time legacy pilot of all Devil Devil Variants, we play this match religiously and to the point where it's kind of like second nature to me. Like I know what to side in, I know what to side out, I know what cards I need to power blast. Uh, I'm sorry, hydro blast, and that's it. So yeah. game one, I had an early beans, I had an early binding, and Catherine's just gave me so much life. I was out of reach. Game two. They had an early Darcy. I had no removal. I died to that. Game three, I had a lot of cantrips trying to find the swords, and eventually I drew into my removal suite. And at some point, uh, the game drawn out to I have eight lands in play. And so I cast a Leovold. It resolves. Then I cast a Murktide. It resolves. And at some point, I, I don't remember, but I know my opponent tried to pop at me, press progress, in which case I just revealed this Hydro Blast and I just said, GG. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't end up uh, leveraging uh, St. Catherine in this match at all? Uh, it's much, not much so. Like, Catherine helped out, but sometimes having an 8-8 Dragons is faster than a 5-5. Yeah, it turns out, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I only say that because this, your deck seems poised to, to destroy uh, is it is it Delver uh, in, in this scenario? Just because between just being able to go over the top, uh, having the removal suite, and on top of that, uh, you know, having having Geist of Saint uh, Geist of Saint Catherine, uh, Triumph of Saint Catherine to gain life, uh, just just seems like every angle of your deck is built for this specific matchup. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. It's I so far I have a ninety percent rough percentage win rate against all Delver variants. Mm. Um, and it's just at this point, it's second nature. Yeah, g so. game game ones. They're it's very difficult for them to remove both. I mean, triumph uh, as its own thing, but like game ones is also very hard for them to remove a uh, resolved murktide if they're in this case their one unholy heat is out of range, then they have to at minimum two for one themselves, uh, which is mm -hmm. obviously not gonna, not going to be great. So they have to fight over that stuff and on the if stack. If you have a counter spell, that's bad. it's bad. <laughs> they have to fight over it on the stack. Also, this particular list was playing three predict in what is otherwise a Delver shell. Now, if, if for, for like context, if you were to take the, is it the, the rug list that won uh, Europe and remove mm -hmm. the questing druids and put in predicts in that slot, it's the same list for the okay. most part. Now he, he, he removed the uh, portents and he added a little bit more soft counter magic, added the unholy heat, and, uh, you know, the, the stuff that was going with the Druids. But otherwise, it's just, like, classic, very clean, blue-red Delver with Predict, setting up with Dragon Rage Channeler and whatnot that also can, like, help turn over your Murktides. But, like, this list is not suited to deal with a Triumph at all. Even though, and, and even so post-board, like, he was on two price progress post-board. Typically, the way that people will navigate against Triumphs, and I, I know TK knows this because he's he is now the Triumph Marquis. Uh, but when when you're playing against Delver with Triumph. And for the people who, you know, eventually maybe not ever get to do it on Moto, what happens is they'll force, they'll try and force your your Triumph and then surgical it. And uh, this Delver player was not playing any surgicals on the board. So they were just not respecting Triumph at all coming into this event, it seems like, hoping that Price of Progress was going to carry them. And as we have learned, not the case. Not the case. Speaking of villains uh, from before, uh, now you go up against 8-cast. It cast. Uh, so this matchup was one of those things where, in theory, I'm favored, but in actuality, it might be a problem. So game one, I again, this is one. Of, this was round nine at this point. 
Like I'm just dead. My brain does not remember anything at all after this. Um, the only thing I remember mostly was that Catherine's won me the match because in game three, my opponent had a Kappa Cannoneer attached to a Shadow Spear, and I had two Catherines, and I realized that at some point I'm going to win this race. <laughs> So yeah, that's all. That's all. That's all they wrote. <laughs> tough, tough to beat multiple bane slayers. Also, yeah. yeah, and and like and like you had said before, you have access to dress down, which is good. Which is good in this matchup. Uh, obviously, you don't have any like giant like. Oh, I'm just gonna get rid of all the artifacts. But you are playing two pernicious deeds in your board. So uh, oh yeah, I did deeds. You know, I did deeds seems... once. Yeah, yeah, that, that seems once. like it's pretty good. Also, yeah. I, I have found, and TK, tell me if this was your experience as well in testing and in this matchup. I also find Kappa Cannoneer to be fairly, like, if Kappa Cannoneer isn't, like, blitzed on turn one with force backup, or turn two, rather, with force backup, it's relatively anemic against the control deck because you eventually just get to, like, turn off the ward by paying for it. And it's just, like, it does not hit nearly hard enough because the ward just does not have the same kind of text that it does against, like, Delver or another deck that's not trying to hit every land drop all the way down into the late game. Is yeah. that like what you've experienced? Yeah. Yeah. So there actually was a judge call about Ward because under my, there was a question about when does Ward, uh, when does the trigger on Ward get missed? Because under my assumptions, if you target it, if you target a creature with Ward, you have to announce Ward at that moment unless it's. And you take another game action, you've missed a trigger. But in actuality, it's actually f under the triggers on like Prowlist and Exalted, where it's only relevant. It's only it only matters when it becomes relevant. So if I swords it and you force it with my swords, and I counter it, like okay, then we gone back to the swords, and then you said trigger, and you know I still would have to pay. So that was a misunderstanding on my part, and that's caused like a ten minute judge call, but. During that time, I realized, oh, I'm just gonna win. I don't need this. This sword cannot <laughs> get out resolve. of here, judges. I, 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 this sword cannot resolve, and that's fine because I'm still gonna win. <laughs> but that, that is good. That is good to learn because, like, I did not know that Ward fell under the prowess rules. I would have assumed that, like, yeah. if you swords and then another game action is taken, I would have had the same thought that you did that they just missed the ward trigger because I assume that you would have to announce it because I would I would think it's similar yeah. to like a chalice check. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, well, yeah it's I, under that category. As as an eight cast player, uh, I'm so used to just being like Ward. You know, like as soon as, as soon as it happens, I like pick the card up. I'm like, uh, are you dumb? You know. Uh, so I, I feel like I, I feel like I would never miss that trigger. Uh, but now knowing that I can't miss that trigger for the most part is kind of great. <laughs> That's how Zach actually talks to his opponents too. He's like, you absolute, oh, you yeah. buffoon, I'm, you fool, I'm an absolute monster when I'm playing. You absolute dolt. Do you not know? You should see me play with my nephews. Oh, they're <laughs> crying afterwards. It's terrible. Make your kids cry in 2023. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, all right. So then uh, four-color tempo. Uh, what four colors are they playing? I think it was non-white. Non-white. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It looks. That looks like it. Uh, basically, this looks like garbage pile. That's that's not this an insult. Like, that's what the deck is called. No. That's not an, that's <laughs> yeah. not an insult. This is that's just all insult. the all the cards you would want to play in these colors. Uh, if you were if you were a legacy deck, right? You've got you've got Dragon's Way, Chandlers, Bowmasters, Seek the Beast, uh, Questing Druid, and uh, and Merktide, and then you know your classic Counterspell slash uh, Cantrip Sweep. 
you know, it kind of reminded me of like Checkpile, like way back in the day when you ran Strix, Leobold, Defra Chaman. So it kind of felt in that regard, which by the way, if there's any deck I missed the world that I want to come back, it's Checkpile. But we can never have Defra Chaman ever again. (laughs) Yo, let let Defra come on. Like I'll happily terminus your board. Bring it back. No, no, I, I am. I, I will sacrifice. I will say that we do not want that card back. So game one, I believe Catherine, early Catherine, just shut them out. Love it. Um, game two, they Darcy'd me or they early Merktied me. I I can't remember most of this matchup. Game three, it came down to my opponent, uh, not having enough permission spells because I just Catherine Catherine, like oh, yeah. you know, back to back. Um, and yeah, that's how that worked. <laughs> Did Molten Collapse ever come into play? Uh, they played one Nope, Molten... that one got forced to world immediately. It was like, yeah, nope, nope, like, no. nope. <laughs> get this out of my house. <laughs> All right. So then, uh, after that, so we're now we're into, ra- this was, that was the first match of the second day. We're going on to the second match of the second day with Boros Painter. Um, <sighs> this seems like it would, it would have been an uphill battle for your deck. It was an uphill battle for me because, my God, they have so many ways to win. Uh, I have to worry about the graveyard. I have to worry about initiative. I have to worry about, um, Blood you moon. know, soccer tokens, Blood Moon. <laughs> so yeah. there's just so many axes that I have to fight through. So game one, I don't know if I won or lost. I can't remember most of it. All I remember was game three, which I had to deed them twice <laughs> and a terminus. <laughs> To knock out this game. <laughs> wow. And I think early, and I think a Catherine, I think American Catherine at the end of it just kind of like helped seal it up because they were at 10 life and two swings of Catherine and I won. But no, that was uh that was a feature match. I don't think they showed it on camera. I don't I haven't watched the vlogs all the way back. Um but yeah, it is it's a 50-50 matchup. A painter being able to have swords on my creatures. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. So now that you kind of you force you're you're basically have to think about your force rules. Like what am what is this card rolls going to be? If it's if it's trying to protect my creature or to prevent them from advancing their game state. So that's kind of the because most of the time force will for me, I just counter with like I don't want you to have it. But in painter, it's one of those I need to protect my creature. <laughs> Yeah, you got to decide uh, the classic who's the beatdown. Are, are you going to be the aggressor here? Uh, and, and and that opens you up to getting snuck with a combo. Mm-hmm. And this deck was also, I mean, as as is the case with Painter typically, but between five Red Blast effects and three Swords to Plowshares, like, it is tough to stick uh, one of your fatties on the table against a deck like this. Yeah, yeah. Thank God for Prenicity, mm-hmm. because that makes that easy. <laughs> so uh... then we go into... Uh, a a quarter match uh, quarterfinals match against Nick Eldering, who we had on the the show uh, just dropped that episode today. To, we're recording this Friday night. Uh, mm-hmm. This will go up on Monday morning, uh, and uh, and that this is where you knocked him out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, he was on garbage pile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Nick was very strong in game two because they resolved a early Darcy, and I couldn't get rid of it. Game three. They had a mold of five, and I had a turn, and I had turn on carpet. Oof. So 
at some point they casted a brainstorm and I just bowmastered in response. Oh. <laughs> and I the game was over. <laughs> That's that'll do it a lot of times, yeah. The take yeah. take what seven on the board total, you know, yeah. after you're t- taking what eight on the board, I suppose, because you've got a four four, uh, and and you take uh four to the dome. Yeah, and what a parody yeah. breaker carpet of flowers is because when Nick was on and in that interview too, Nick also was talking about how influential carpet was and that if he ran the deck back, he'd run an additional carpet. And you have two carpets. He was saying that he would have ran two carpets if he had if he could have ran it back. So like that card seems like it's. I get that it sees a lot of play, but it might still not be quite as clearly valued as it as its effect is against Elber decks. Yeah, uh, carpet. Like of all the games that I won, I'm pretty sure all the games I won against Elber, I had a carpet mm-hmm. out. Yeah, it's it, and they. I don't think multi class has ever resolved against a carpet. <laughs> no, absolutely so not. So here's so we go into the semifinals, and you're playing against a Cradle Control. Uh, this is this is an interesting one for me because these are decks. Your deck and Cradle Control are decks that do prey on fair decks for the most part. So th- it's, it has to be an interesting matchup. Oh, it was Cass. Well, shout out to Cass. You gave me the run for my money. Of all the opponents I've had the entire weekend, Cass was definitely the one. That's this. We're going. We're going to play three games. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to play three games. There's not. This is not a two-zero match. Um. So game one, I believe I got there with the early Catherine. Game two, no, 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 sorry. Game one, they got there um, with just their beats, and I couldn't deal with it. Game two, I got there with an early Catherine, and just being able to just, just clear, be able to remove all the fiend artisans, because that's how the de- that's how I lose. If they untap yeah. the fiend artisan, I die. <laughs> that's how this works. Game three, I don't remember much of the early interactions. You know, I paint, you know, Bowmaster at a Manador or something like that. But what was the defining thing was being able to rip a Terminus to tuck both their creatures in Stampede. Uh, nice. Yeah, that just puts that just gives you that extra insurance you need. Yeah, and we're oh we're not done yet <laughs> because eventually there is a board state where. I, I have nothing, and I believe Cass has a Reclaimer and an Endurance. And they're my, I have Catherine for a lot of life, so they're slowly chipping me away. Um, I'm, I have no car, I have no permission spells left. I have nothing, I just have lands. And they draw for turn, and a natural order. And part of me was like, I should just concede, because they, if they get a Traxa, I just die. The tracks is just game over. I can't beat a tracks up. But then when they get, but then they got uh, Kratos of Behemoth, and then I just go, "That's interesting. Why didn't you get a tracks up?" And then I realized the back of my mind, "Oh wait, it's in their hand." Oh, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. They they drew it the turn that they natural ordered, and uh, that felt bad. <laughs> no, we yeah. love those wins. We love that. Yeah, yeah we yeah, love those wins. I mean, that's the difference between winning and losing, right there. Mm-hmm. But hadn't cast like Caddis was determined to win, like in game three. Um, but that one percent got me there. <laughs> there you go. All right, so we f- we go to the finals. Uh, you play Jay on Grixis Delver, and and I think I think we you know we've said this enough, but your deck preys on these Delver decks. Yeah, and it's what so here's what was really cathartic about that. Jay is a reigning champion. 
and Jay and I have gone back for years as friends. Uh, I remember we played at his house, and like he was on Sultai, and I was on Maverick, and just playing these games. So it kind of was like the analogy of he's Gary Oak, and I'm as catch him, and it's the the champion league. <laughs> Like it is like the the um, like the final music when you get to that room and it's, it's just yeah, like bum, it, it's bum, literally bum, bum, just bum, bum, yeah literally that. <laughs> I mean, so, so did it did it feel powerful knowing going in that you were Ash, like you knew that you yeah, you couldn't yeah, lose, yeah. right? <laughs> we know how that story goes. Yeah. <laughs> so it just it I I'm pretty sure. I had the best storyline out of all the Eternal Weekend moments. Like, um, so game one, uh, it's on stream, like, it's live, so everyone's watching us. And it's just, I just want to say, like, it's one thing to play on stream. It's another thing when you get after the game and, like, all your friends are sending you, like, photos of, of me playing on stream from all over the country. And it's just this surreal moment of just, like, yeah (laughs) um so game one i'm on the play i capped a really loose hand i didn't have a german cantrip because i know they have stifle and i can't afford to get stifled on my fetches so land uh fetch and pass they go land pass and i just land go and then eventually and then on my turn three i repped a miracle catherine and i casted it it resolved and then on their turn four they'd they pondered and then Darcyed and another land drop. And then on my turn four, I ripped another Catherine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we, we were watching. So, so like the, the crew that I was watching the, the finals with, uh, we, we were at a bar or something after the fact. We were like decompressing whatever we were watching the games. And I remember mm-hmm. when you ripped the first Catherine, I was like, not only is that a miracle, the other side of this miracle and how we how you knew that you were the Ash Ketchum here, that like your, you were, your plot armor was thick and that you were going all the way was because not only did you miracle the triumph that turn, but also they didn't keep a force or a daze. Like, or a stifle? they didn't keep any of that. You just, yeah, like they didn't stifle the miracle trigger. They didn't force you. They didn't daze you. It was like, this is destiny. There's, there, there is like, pack it up now. Pack it up now. He played on like Valiant playing on, but like pack it up right there. Uh yeah, chat. I yeah, I saw chat uh, blowing up when the second Catherine yeah, resolved, yeah. and I was just, it just is just, oh, okay, I have a shot, dude. <laughs> dude, when 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 you miracled the Catherine, but then missed your second, you missed your third land drop, but they didn't yeah. have force or days. I was in in this whole analogy. This is the equivalent to Pikachu thunderbolting the Onyx in one shot. <laughs> Just like absolute, like the, the the thread of things that has to happen to get to this timeline is so narrow, it, destiny. Yeah. So yeah, that's so, after that, um, I get wastelanded like twice. So I only have, a, I literally, the only boards that I have is just a Catherine and five, six. Nothing more poetic than that. Slowly, <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I think someone says, like, if he wins with no permanence on the battlefield, I'm I- I'm quitting magic or something like that. <laughs> it's just this legendary moment. Awesome. And, and yeah, so eventually I drew my lands and started to just um, purposefully allowing these spells to get dazed because I just need to get cards out of their hand. And that's kind of how you win Delver games. It's just you attritioning their hand 
because eventually they're going to have to respond and remove your threats and get dazed. So honestly, I'm I'm perfectly not dazed insulated, but I'm okay with my spells being dazed. Hmm. I just I just don't care. Eventually, and you one eventually of my get to a off. point where you can just out card them too. Yeah, yeah. These this yeah. being is going to draw more cards than your lightning bolt's going to. Burn me. Yeah, there was there was yeah. there was one moment where they actually forced you you had cast a beanstalk at one point and they forced it, but they had a bowmaster yeah. on the table. So there was like this weird catch point where it's like, is it actually better to let this bean resolve so they can grow their army so they can actually like try and build up a, a, a heavy board to like because that's the mm-hmm. axis that matters because you're like beating them down. It was like a it was like a really interesting inflection point where they like just snapped a force on your beanstalk and you seem to be very content with it and as you should have been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so game. So I think I ended game one with uh thirty life, thirty life or so life. Either way, it, the magic number against Delver is like get up of thirty. They can't kill you. Yeah. Um, fast enough until you find like things. So game one, yay! <laughs> nice. Game two. <laughs> oh my god. Um, we um. So in this matchup for listeners at home you typically want to board out your force of wills and your dress down because the way that the matchup plays out i go more into like the mid-range plan where i have all my removal suite i am just trying to progress remove your you know like a tempo like i play a threat remove your threat i play a threat remove your threat and that's kind of how this goes um so being able to turn one carpet them (laughs) not worrying about days at all and then being able to just go dig my deck deeper with beans and, you know, find Catherine's. And that, you know, that's kind of how I won game two. When you were going into right. the second game, after having won the first one off of these back-to-back miracles, did did you did it feel any different knowing that you were a game away in a favorable matchup from becoming the champ? Like, did that influence at all? Or were you just, like, zoned in and able to, like, tune out the noise, so to speak? I zoned into now because I knew I was going to need to drive four hours home. <laughs> I just wanted to go home. The real win is sleeping, right? Of course. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's... I felt that way. Yeah. You're just like, all I want to do is go to, I've done enough. You right. know, like if I come in second, that's fine. I just want to take a nap. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Especially after a long weekend. Yeah. No, at that point, I just went to bed. So yeah. when, um, although I, I will say this now, but I misplayed in game two. Um, when I cast a, when I cast a Catherine, I should have cast a Murktide because they had a Delver that's flipped. So because my life total was at fifteen and they bolted me to twelve, so if they bolted me to twelve, attack and pop me, I was dead. But you know, it's it's one of those things where I recognize that I allow my opponent to win if they top deck press progress, and it's. You know, you know, as we get better at this game, it's kind of like I recognize that. Let's not do that mm-hmm. again. <laughs> so now, in... so you, so you take it down, and uh, just tell me uh, t- how how put put our, put us in your shoes, right right as the uh, you know the final life points taken away. What what are you going through? Uh, I didn't win a tournament. I just say, oh, I won a match! Yay! I can go home. <laughs> I was so ready sworn. to go home. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was so ready to go home. I was just like, I I got out of my seat. I pack, so I packed myself up, out of my seat. I'm kind of just, um, I just kind of just in my head, just kind of just 
yay, I won that, yay, we're good, we're good. And then I, I didn't process, I didn't start processing what's happening until the announcer said, your legacy champion, TK Strong. And it's just, just like, oh, I did it, yay. Not realizing what I won, I just like, oh, I did it, yay. Um, so like all these people coming up to me and hugging me and just like congratulating me, but I haven't really eternalized what I've done. I just sat on the surface of, oh, I won, yay, cool, all right, let's go home. I need to go home. <laughs> and so I guess I want to say over a couple of hours, you know, getting home and like reading these messages, it was actually until like the next day was when all of those emotions kind of just let out of yeah. oh i won a legacy tournament i did the thing that young me could never do and that was when like by the way as a champion advice do not go to work the next day just take the day off take it off yeah, take it just off. take Call the out. day off Call out. hey i want a big magic tournament guys i'm a powerful wizard and i'm taking the day off <laughs> I don't care what you do. Yeah. Don't work the next day. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. Take the day off. Did you take uh, a day off this week? Uh, no, I should have, and I, yeah. I. That's why Preach I'm not yourself. telling my future, my future title son, whatever. Uh, take the day off. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a lot for you. So, uh, but no, it was just all throughout this week of just. The constant gratitude, uh, the constant gratitude, and just seeing—you know how like after at um, in Pokemon Yellow, you know the end of the the games where you beat the Elite Four, you become the champion, and then the end credits—they go back from they go they kind of go back in time of your progression of your journey, and that's what like the last forty-eight hours after I won was is just going back in time of all the things I've done and all the people I met and just seeing the people that, you know, I have touched my life, has affected my life, has helped me grow as a magic player. And that right there is honestly the best thing uh, that's happened to me. I mean, what a, what a perfect analogy for the season, right? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, TK, it's been a pleasure to have you on. And uh, the story is inspiring, man. Uh, the the journey uh to hear uh you know from i i want to say like you ca you came from other card games before this right yeah i came from i'm a Yu-Gi-Oh player <laughs> yeah i think I've, i think i've seen the meme i think i've seen it yeah yeah, yeah. um but uh but uh yeah so co you know coming from other card phil phil came from Yu-Gi-Oh actually I, uh tk to this day i still use Yu-Gi-Oh tokens as a nod to our former selves <laughs> But when I, I when, when I started playing Magic, there weren't other card games. There you so. go, when, TK. When I when, <laughs> when I entreat my all of my angels, a bunch of honests hit the table. <laughs> yes, that is the perfect angel. It's the perfect token. angel took it. I, I TK. The only the only thing is is that like I I have to win one of these tournaments. I got to join you because I need those. I need the ghost rares to really level up my token game. I'm on these. I'm on, oh. I'm on these ultra rare trash because I'm a heathen. You know, I need to get some. I <laughs> I want the OG secrets and like some ghosts, but like those things are too expensive. Well, now like well now okay. So my friends got me back into Yu-Gi-Oh, but it's Edison format. So like that 2009-2011 era of of Yu-Gi-Oh, where it was like. It's the equivalent of pre-modern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, I, I, I play, I play uh, the Clan War version of uh, Legend of the Five Rings. I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, it's so it was just so. Now I just have like my old cards again and just playing it. Just like 
Well, now that I'm a champion of magic, I have to go to the other two. I gotta I gotta be a Yu-Gi-Oh champion, a Pokemon champion, and I have all three. Dude, yo, <laughs> get, the yo, get the trifecta if, going. If, yeah. If you can if you go to the, the Pokemon World Champs, can you every single like the entire EW from Pittsburgh would go to wherever that is and just be like the loudest crowd. <laughs> He's gonna be the best. You would all be singing. Just all you would all yelling. be singing together. <laughs> I have the Ash outfit from the yeah, final oh, season. God. So good, so good. So good. All right, uh, all right. We, I, I'd love to keep doing this, but we do have to. We do have to end eventually. And um, but I, I wanted to say uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we really appreciate it, and it's, it's really great to to get get a chance for the community to get to know you better as well. No, thank you for having me on. And I love doing this type of stuff. It's it's great. It's like, ah, finally I'm noticed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, well, we'll have to have you on again as well. So so stay tuned. It'll, it'll definitely happen. We'll, we'll be chi- having you chime in again uh, relatively uh, in, in this relative future as well. Hell yeah. I'm always I'm always a phone call away or a message. Yeah, we'll, we'll, awesome. we'll, we'll get on when, when you're prepping for your title defense. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely see, exactly, like, exactly, you know, yeah. when MH3 comes out, the entire format is overhauled. We'll see like, we'll see where your head's at. And then, you know, between rounds at the top tables, we'll we'll play some Edison. It'll be great. Yeah. we yeah. have to find out what, what Fallout card you you slot into the deck and, you know, we'll see. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice and with that, and with that <laughs> everyone, uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Hey, thanks for watching, and if you get a chance, please check out our Patreon. We're really ramping up a lot of things this year, and we could really use the support. Uh, Check out this video. It's a lot of other interviews that we have, some really great luminaries in the format. Thanks so much for watching. Later on.